Hey fellow nerds, I'm Megan Smiley, and this is the Lawyer's Escape Pod. For those of you who've gotten into practice, looked around, and thought, so this is my life? I get it. You're in deep, and you feel stuck. You may have no idea what the next step would be, or maybe you have an idea, but think it's unrealistic. I truly believe that there's a path forward for each of us if we're intentional about finding it. And this podcast will be a great source of advice and inspiration for you to make that leap to a more fulfilling career. My guest today is Marnie Blank. Marnie began her career as a lawyer working for both federal and New York City government agencies, ultimately realizing, like so many of us do, that law was not her passion, she decided to make a switch. She initially followed her interest in real estate into residential real estate, um, and then an opportunity to get into commercial real estate in various forms popped up uh, as a joint project with her sister, which she followed. And as you'll hear, she continues to sort of evolve what she's working on and her projects and her businesses um, in a way I find really inspiring and really interesting. Um, You know, she, as I do, believes that you don't have to just lock yourself into one box. Um, You know, we come from a world where we're told that there is one path and this is how you're going to do it. And even just allowing yourself to consider any form of entrepreneurship is already, you know, feels like a way hard left. Um, But then within that, you sort of think, oh, I've got to get the idea and it has to be absolutely perfect or, you know, I'm destined for failure. And I think Marnie's story is such a good example of just intuitively following your interests and trusting that when you do and you work hard, which you know you will, um, that you can create a really successful and dynamic um, set of businesses even if that's what, you know, is aligned for you. Um, I had so much fun talking with Marnie. Um, We really sort of geeked out on some of this entrepreneurial stuff. Um, So I know that you are going to love this episode. And if you are out there sort of considering entrepreneurship, creative coaching, um, I have a new private podcast that is called uh, Daydreams to Designs on sort of the path to moving from spinning on an idea of doing this and how to take it and actually turn it into action. So that's linked in the notes. Um, uh, We will jump into the episode now. Marnie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm so excited for our chat. So I ask everyone the first question to start, which is, what took you to law school in the first place? That's a great question. <laughs> um, my One that I'm still asking myself. Uh, as, no, as many that, of us are. <laughs> um, my grandfather had been a labor, labor attorney in the 50s and was a real role model for me grow, growing up. Um, and he really sort of was the idolization of what everything uh, a lawyer who could really make a difference was in my mind. And it was always something that was in the back of my mind growing up of, of something that I could do to help change the world. The reality of law is quite different from that uh, initial um, idea of what it was, but 
that was always in my mind and I was always into political science. And so in college, I really had a choice between following political science or going into psychology. And I ended up doing poli-sci and going to law school instead of going uh, into an MSW program. And that's sort of how I ended up in law school to begin with. And yeah. I and I actually don't regret it at all. I loved the learning aspect of it, the being around people who ask very interesting questions and all of the new things um, that the law field brings up, um, yeah. whether it be civil rights or privacy law, all of those, those things. Yeah. You know, like law school is interesting. I, you know, of having talked to a lot of people about this topic, I'd say the vast, vast, vast majority enjoyed law school. Like it's not back in the day when it was just torture and you know, everybody hated it. You know, I think a lot of people like it, which makes, you know, what comes after so much more shocking. But totally, I made great <laughs> friends and colleagues. Yeah. I learned a lot. And, um, and, and I've all I, I continue to use my law degree, even though I'm not a practicing lawyer anymore. Yeah, so. no regrets. So- so did you sort of know what you wanted to practice during law school or did that evolve at all? During law school, I realized that I was interested in um, ADR, term Dispute Resolution, and that's sort of what I had wanted to do in a perfect world. Mm-hmm. Um, but I went to law school during the the latest recession, I started law school and then the market crashed. And when everyone thought that they were going to be getting those amazing jobs right out of school, it sort of dissipated. Um, And so the reality of of what I ended up doing, which was still very interesting, wasn't my initial intention. So what did you end up doing? So I ended up working for a federal judge. I did sort of a um, joint um, I worked in her office doing some of her secretarial work, and then I was also part law clerk. So I sort of ran the office, and I wrote opinions as well, and got to listen in on really interesting court cases. She is um, and continues to be a really interesting figure. Yeah. So how long did you do that for? I did that for three and a half years, and then I went to New York City Housing Authority, and I did labor and employment law. Mm-hmm. Um, New York City Housing Authority, which is a New York City agency, employs 11,000 workers. Mm-hmm. And so I, I worked within the internal group dealing with all the, the issues that come up when, when someone employs 11,000 people. Right, right. So... Did you enjoy that? I would not say that I enjoyed it. And and I'm probably for many reasons. Um, But one of them is just that the lack of resources, New York City agencies just don't have funding to really give the support that someone needs to do their job effectively. And um, that's not necessarily the fault of the agency. It's just sort of how it is. And so... I didn't feel as supported as I hoped to going into a new job um, with the government. Mm-hmm. And also just, it was just sort of a, a sad working environment. You know, the, the internal office space and where <laughs> you have no, no yep. light, no natural light and the, the 
dingy walls and the the sad lighting. It just didn't make for an environment that I wanted to really work. I know. I so I you know I feel like people maybe less so now, but you know in the past, like I also was you know in an internal windowless office for nine years, and I would complain about it, and I think people were like, "Oh boy, you're like so you know." you're a real princess in the pee. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. and now all these like studies come out being like, no, no, this is actually really bad for humans. Like to not see daylight all day long. <laughs> so, it is. And yeah. I, you know, this is one of my favorite sort of stories, but you know, I had a, a plant on my desk, a snake plant that's supposed to survive everything, you know, and low, low natural light. You don't need yeah. a lot of natural light, but it was dying. And I just, kept feeling like if my plant is dying, <laughs> not getting any light, something inside me is dying. And I do want to say that I met really amazing people there. My coworkers were all incredibly smart and motivated. Um, it just wasn't, I, I think by that point, I knew that law wasn't for me and mm. it just wasn't the right fit. So how had you kind of come to that decision as opposed to you you sort of switched your your environment once and the type of law that you were you were working on. So what got you to the point of thinking, oh, I think I'm just done completely with this career? I think there was something about sitting in front of the computer all day just sort of on my own. There wasn't a lot of collaboration and the writing that I was doing was very by the books. There wasn't a lot of creativity involved. Mm -hmm. And it was something that I missed and felt that I craved was something that I could think outside the box more and collaborate with other people more. And it didn't feel like in that environment, I could do that. And that's not the case. You know, I'm sure there's a lot of people who are lawyers and startups that get to, but you're still confined within the law. I mean, you're, that's, that's right. <laughs> right. Um, and it just felt constricting to a certain degree. Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. Like, you know, I think sometimes what we do is we try and solve the problem by being like, okay, like maybe if I'm in a cool place, like, um, like a startup or a lot of people be like entertainment law or, or fashion law or whatever. And you're like, Oh, but I'm still just a lawyer here. <laughs> right. And you know, I interned or not interned. I was a legal assistant. I entered too, but I was a legal assistant at a large firm before I decided to go to law school. And look, you can make a lot of money. You can, you can, work really hard and and climb the corporate ladder. And I knew going to law school that that is not what I wanted to do. I did not Mm. want to work 80 hours a week and become a partner. That was not in my trajectory. Um, And so I wanted to find something else that I could create more of a work-life balance, which is why I chose to work within the government. But on, on that side, it didn't have sort of the resources or the collaboration, um, or the money that I was looking for either. Yeah. Money has not necessarily been a driving force, but if if I was getting the work-life balance, I or if I wasn't getting the money, I wanted a work-life balance that that made me happy and and that wasn't what I was getting. Right. There. Right. And I think it's interesting too I sort of talk about this a little bit is that, you know, what do we what does balance mean to someone and, you know, 
if you if you're in a windowless office doing you know work you're not excited about eight hours a day even if you're just doing that nine to five and you have the rest of your day like are you happy <laughs> you know is balance enough or is there something more that people want you know completely I had yeah. the free time but I yeah. still didn't change the fact that I woke up every morning wishing my day away and that's yeah. not a way to live one's life. We only get this one shot. And I didn't want to look back in 30 years and say, well, I got the pension, but I was sad because I wasn't feeling that spark, that motivation, that creativity that I was looking for. Yeah. I I so identify with that because that's very much the experience I had working at a law school. You know, time was great. Mm -hmm. had, you know, (laughs) had more vacation and time off than you could ever imagine at a job. And I still was just like, oh, no, it's not. <laughs> There's something else I'm being called to do. Totally. So what sort of how did you think about what your next steps would be then? And was it you know, uh, I sort of hard for you to think about leaving the law in general? Or were you just you were committed at that point? I... I had the moment of clarity and then I didn't really look back. I did worry that I would somehow be judged by my peers or that I was admitting failure or that my parents would be disappointed. But I really just knew that it was something I had to do for myself and that it's not that I I'm giving up my law degree. I can always choose to go back. That's the brilliance of impermanence. I can choose to not do law and then I can choose to do law. Yeah. Uh, And I knew at that point that I, I needed to, to leave. Um, And so I didn't have a game plan. I sort of just jumped. And what I did was I saved up, I rented out my apartment. I sold some of my possessions and then I gave notice And I planned a one-way trip to Thailand, and I gave myself six months to travel the world, mostly solo, and then come back and figure out what I wanted to do with my life. Nice, Um, nice. So were you able to really, like, kind of detach during those six months? I really did. It was... I lived my best life, I have to say. Um, (laughs) I met incredible people along the route um, and not having a firm game plan allowed me to to change course and travel to new places with new people that I I didn't intend to. Um, And I'm still great friends with those people six years later. I've visited people all around the world that I met on my travels and people have come visited me here. And I was really able to find my my happy place again within myself that that had felt missing before. Uh, yeah. It didn't mean that I figured out anything. I think people think, oh, I'm going to go on on a trip and I'm going to find myself. And it's it's not like I figured out my life purpose, but I figured out that um, there was a better way, and I made the right decision for myself by leaving that job, and that I would be okay. And that's yeah. sort of all I needed to do. Yeah. And there, you know, that's a big step. (laughs) Yeah. So when you got back, like, how did you attack the problem of what do I do now? So 
the handy thing about having a law degree is that you can also get a real estate license for just the price of the, the license. You don't have to take the extra courses. And so at least in New York, I'm not least, sure that's sorry. true everywhere. Yeah, fair <laughs> in New York. Yeah. Um, I paid my $150. I got my real estate license and I ended up getting hired by a real estate startup and I, and I did uh, residential leasing for, for a year. And I was one of the first hires there and I really got to help with um, the course of that company and how it went and, you know, give them help, help them with some best practices and, and help lead some of their, their new hires. And I knew that that, what, sorry. Uh, No, go ahead, finish. No, just, I knew that that wasn't going to be my long-term goal, but I was always interested in real estate and that this was going to be my first foray in it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then my sister, who is uh, was working for a fashion company at the time, she's a clothing designer, called me and said, well, you're, you have access to these databases. Would you mind just searching for me um, for a project I'm considering? And what she had been thinking about was she, as a fashion designer, you know, when, when your clothing gets launched, you have to photograph it. And she was in a photography studio in deep Brooklyn um, that sort of didn't have any amenities. It was sort of out of the way. And and she realized how much her company was paying for this, um, for the service. And so she said, well, why don't you just check for me and see what kind of spaces are out there in a more desirable area? So I started looking and I sent her options of, of places that could work for a beautiful studio. And then she said, oh, maybe we should partner together <laughs> and create a studio. Yeah, yeah. So that's amazing. And I want to jump into that. But just to jump back a little bit. So you sure. said that you had had um, this sort of pre-existing interest in in real estate. So just, it wasn't just because you could do it. Like, how did that just appeal to you more than did you consider any other routes at that point? Or were you just like... I like this and this seems relatively straightforward. I think at that point when I had got back, I felt a little lost from my travels. You know, mm-hmm. I had just come off of six months of living the good life. Just, you know, I had no cares. I had no responsibilities. And I got back to New York and I said, oh, well, I actually have to pay my bills now and figure it out. Yeah. And I didn't want to jump back into a, a corporate job without really considering what that meant and what would make me happy. And so real estate was, is, and continues to be a very flexible work life balance. You can yeah. set your own schedule. You can take as much or as little as you want. It's really about how much hustle you want to put into it. Yeah, And that was really appealing to me. I could make my own schedule I worked very hard, but then I could take off time because I was an independent contractor. And so Mm -hmm. I set my own schedule. I wasn't beholden to anyone really. And it makes good money. And so it sort of felt like this great in-between job where I could focus on that. I could do that, but it required not a lot of, you know, work outside of of that work, you know, it, it didn't take up a lot of mental energy. Yeah and, yeah. and I could then spend my extra time sort of figuring out next steps. Yeah. 
was it hard you know because as as we just mentioned in new york you can just you can just go get your license you don't have to go through a whole you know class for example and certification process how did you make the jump to like feeling confident doing it and also going out and sort of getting you know employed or i guess you said you're an independent contractor but sort of getting affiliated with with um an agency sort of when it was as i understand not something you'd sort of done in the past I did real estate law in school, so I had some background in law school of 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 it, and mm-hmm. I am also just an avid fan, and so I have kept track of the market in New York just because I'm sort of a nerd in that way, but yeah. I did take classes. They just weren't required in right. terms of yeah. um, of getting up to speed, and my also the company that I ended up working with, the startup gave me a lot of um, just on the ground training. I would shadow people and do deals with others to get my my foot in the door. And also a lot of the real estate industry is being a good networker, being a good people person, being able to listen to someone's needs and listening and and being there for them. A lot of people are searching for homes when they've had something traumatic happen. It could be a divorce. It could be, you know, a breakup or it could be something exciting where you're moving in with someone, but either way it's about emotional intelligence and, and just being there to to help make their process just a little bit easier. Yeah. I think, I think that's so cool. And it's just an example of sort of, you know, you taking cues from what you already had interests in, right? Like you already kind of, it's that question, what would you do if you could do it for free? It's like, mm, follow real estate. And and then flashing back, you said you'd been interested in psychology. And it seems like sort of, there's a piece of that in working with people looking for, for you know, homes as well. It definitely is. It definitely yeah. is. Um, you know, I think a lot of people are just kind of like, but what else would I do? And this is like a, just trying to highlight the process of like, yeah, this is how you do it. You think about the things you enjoy and you like and the like pieces of the puzzle from, you know, in different parts of your life. And I think it's just it's good to try out new new things. I could have done it and I could have hated it, but it right. turns out that I'm good at it and I can find a niche within real estate that has continued to serve me even though I'm doing other things. I continue to hold my license with an agency and I now do commercial leasing, which I actually really love. But um, and, and I've been doing some real estate work upstate New York. Yeah. And so that just trying something new and just giving it a shot was really um, beneficial for long-term growth for me. Yeah. So how did it evolve of, of working with your sister and sort of where did the, um, you know, sort of that work evolve to for you now? So my sister, um, my sister came to me and said, you know, I really think I have a good idea here. People have everything in New York city except for space. And that really was sort of a light bulb moment where, you know, there's so much money, there's so much activity, there's so much everything, but most people live in small apartments and, you know, are, are in need of a place that they can come and create and feel energized in. 
mm-hmm. outside of work. And so we wanted to create a, a space where people could come and create and connect. And so we found after six months of looking, we found a beautiful loft space in Soho, which is sort of central and, you know, very cool area, old, you know, 19th century loft buildings. Yeah. And we found this beautiful old space that had been very unloved. You know, the, the stairs were falling apart up to the space. The space itself had been empty for a few years and it just, you could see the raw potential, but yeah. you could also see why people were scared of it. Yeah. And my sister is a visionary. I credit her entirely to the success <laughs> of our business. But she said, you know, we we could create something really beautiful here. And so we renovated it. We made it our own. And we now rent it out to people for, for photo shoots, for events, for corporate offsites. Um, and pre-COVID, we would host our own workshops there once a month. We would bring in different speakers that were interesting to us around the ideas of health and wellness, career, personal finance, and love and relationships, and just also hands-on crafts. And we would bring in interesting people and, and just offer it to the community as sort of a way to, to bring people together. And yeah. so it's really lent itself to to the creative side that I was hoping for and to be surrounded by people who are in the creative industry that I can be inspired by. Yeah, that's so cool. I mean, I'm just like, oh my God, that sounds so fun. And just to sit around and think about who else you'd want to have come talk to, you know, it's just like triggers my creative (laughs) juices as well. Yeah. But, you know, I think there, there are, I think it's common for lawyers to think of themselves as not being creative or feel like that's some part of them that they like put in a box and left behind when they became a lawyer. Yet I hear from so many people that they have this like sort of creative part that's just just kind of screaming to to be expressed. <laughs> it really is and it's and you hit on something really kind of important is that I had felt I don't even know if it was shame is the right word, but I always felt that I wasn't creative, that I had chosen this profession yeah. because because I didn't I didn't have what it takes to be creative. And I come from a family of artists. My sister was, you know, very creative and I was I I put myself in the story that I'm not creative. And that's not true. But yeah. it's taken a lot of work to be able to own that side of me and to say, yes, I am creative and I'm not necessarily creative in ways that other people are creative, but I am and I can express myself in, in that way and I can try new things and I can try and fail or I can try and succeed, but I am in fact creative. And I think a lot of lawyers are worried about that fear of failure. And so they don't even try those those new things because it, it does feel foreign. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. So you've also sort of taken this um, sort of partnership in, in real estate beyond the city, right? Yes. So right before, right as COVID was beginning, Willa, my sister and I were about to open a second location and thank, thank the heavens that the, we pushed that off and were unable to sign that, that second lease because (laughs) um, it would have shut, it would have shut our business. But instead we took the money that we had set aside to, you know, start the renovations on this 
second location and we decided to buy a farmhouse, a little farmhouse upstate about two and a half hours from, from the city. And we bought it March of 2021. And we hustled to get it ready and up and going for the summer season because it has a pool. And so we've created yeah. a, a Airbnb sort of as our pivot into creating space for people to, to connect and to sort of unwind from city life um, in a different way. Yeah. Well, that seems like a prophetic pivot <laughs> now, you know, during COVID. Yeah, it's it's been it's been great. You know, not only have people really just loved it, um, and we have been fully booked since July fourth of this year when we opened it. But you know, when the time comes that it's available, then we get to enjoy it, which is also part, yeah, part of the yeah. joy. <laughs> it seems like you're really sort of just building something around you that feels right. Like that there's, you sort of, you know, it's not necessarily that there's this big 10 year plan, but there's just kind of a, a little bit of an in, intuitive process about how things are evolving for you. Is that true? It's definitely true. And the other thing that I've really had to embrace um, within myself is that I'm multi-passionate, that I'm not someone who's going to stay in my one career and that's going to bring me all of my joy that I really like exploring different areas and mostly at the same time and mm -hmm. that I can sort of cobble together the life that I want by doing that. And so, yes, I have the studio, I have the Airbnb, I do commercial real estate, you know, and I'm, considering starting a, a new business around um, end of life planning um, that will also sort of bring in my law background. Um, and I have started a consulting business in the last year, helping people who are considering going into partnerships with family or friends, set their business partnerships up for success. And so all of this is to say is that I used to judge myself because I wasn't, I didn't stay in, in a traditional law career and that I wanted to, to do all of these different things. And I had a lot of different interests, but I've really decided that this is my life and I can do all of the things. I don't have to pick one lane. I love that. And, and really kudos to you for sort of allowing yourself, because it's not just you sending the message that like, this is not how quote unquote, like life is done. It's just not how we were all raised or sort of culturized to, to think, right? So it's also doing that in light of so, so much of the world that we function in, sort of looking at you a little askance, right? Like, what are you doing? You're, you're right. You know, a lot of people look at what I'm doing and they're like, really? Um, but, you know, it doesn't work for everyone, but it works for me. And I've actually met so many more people that have decided that they're going to do a bunch of different things at the same time and have different in income streams coming in to diversify. And I actually find it to be a smart way of, of doing things because, yeah. you know, as we've learned through the pandemic, when my business had to be shut because we were a physical location during COVID, right. 
I could pivot and do other things. And I wasn't just stuck because I had chosen only one, one path. Um, yeah. And, yeah. and I, and I still have doubts about, you know, what's going to ultimately bring me that, that happiness and joy. But for now, I'm really happy with, with trying different things and seeing what works and what doesn't. And yeah. Yeah. I love that because it's also, it's, it's really, you're building things around you based on who you are, not based on sort of external, you know, cues. And I think ultimately that's what gets you to a point where you're really more fulfilled by what you're doing when you're doing it because it's based on who you are. Definitely. And I also, you know, I'm so grateful. I came from a family where creativity and um, that sort of self-expression was really um, promoted. My my parents are so supportive of the path that I've taken and that my sister has taken. And it, there was never that external force from them that, you know, you have yeah. to go to law school or you have to become a doctor or, you know, what are you doing with your life? It was always, uh, you will figure out what's, what's going to make you happy. We have no doubt about that. So it was yeah. only my internal judgments of myself or, you know, yeah. what I thought that society told me I should be doing instead of yeah. what I would like to be doing. That I know. We're out. often our own biggest block. <laughs> Definitely. I have a random question that you may have zero idea what I'm talking about, but do you know anything about human design? I do. I'm a man- Are you a manifesting generator? <laughs> I am. <a> manifesting <laughs> generator. I, I was going to guess. <laughs> yep. yep. Okay. That makes sense for, for people who don't know. Manifesting generators in the human design are very much known for sort of being multi-passionate and having a lot of things and moving on. So, so when you just describe that, but I also think, you know, I love using these tools because some things resonate with some people and others resonate with others. But, you know, if that part of your human design really resonates with you, it makes total sense that this is the business that you're building for yourself, right? It really does resonate with me. And it also gave me, as I read more about it, it gave me permission to accept that part of myself and not feel like I'm just floundering or I'm doing something wrong. But it's, oh, no, this is part of part of who I am and why go against the flow when I can just, you know, accept that as part of my makeup. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is such an important journey for people is like, it's really kind of unlearning like the way we see ourselves because of the sort of very structured world that we were trained in and, and worked in and really appreciating all of the things that make us different and unique that maybe we sort of hadn't seen in that light before. Totally couldn't agree more. So, yeah. All right. So um, I want to start wrapping up, but are there sort of thinking back to when you were feeling kind of like, you know, uh, all right, this is not for me. Or any advice that you would give to people in thinking about, sort of leaving the law and how to go about figuring out your next step? I I just think that people people know. People know deep down if they're if they're happy, if they are needing something more to bring them fulfillment. And it doesn't mean that you've done something wrong in your career choices or that you're failing, but it's okay to try out law or or any profession and decide that it's not for you 
And so some people take longer to get there and some people never do, but it's, it's okay to switch gears and that it's, it's honestly never too late. I have friends who started at the same time with me in, in our law professions and are still there. Some of them are very happy and have found their niche and some are unhappy and are still searching within yeah. the law right now. And some have, since I've left, also moved on. And everyone has their own journey and timeline. So if you're thinking about leaving, it's it's awesome. <laughs> <You're sad>. Yeah, <laughs> do um, it. <laughs> but, but it's not for everyone. Entrepreneurship yeah. is hard. It's a lot yeah. of work. I don't have a turn off button. I work, you know, around the clock. I I I enjoy it because I'm doing it for myself. But yeah, um, you know, it's not... although I will say as a human design projector, I do have an off button with. Oh, it. good. <laughs> yes. Oh. Okay, maybe it's just manifesting. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, you know, it, all, as you were saying, you know, it's, it, it's a, it's a different way of living. It's got a lot of pluses, but it certainly has its challenges. Yes. It's not, yeah. it's not always easy. And, you know, it's also really great to have someone who is paying your paycheck and telling you what to do. And you have to be very self-motivating to yeah. go out and, and do something different on your own. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Marnie, thank you so much. Let us know where we can find the studio and the Airbnb and your other businesses. <laughs> <laughs> um, my, uh, my studio is uh, Blank Studio NYC, and it's at blankstudionyc.com. And our farmhouse is theblankfarmhouse.com. And my consulting business is work-related.co. And uh, feel free to reach out. I'm happy to chat with anyone. All right. Well, great. Thank you so much again, Marnie, for taking the time. This was a lot of fun to chat with you. Thank you.